You're listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Raptors Rapture Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Serbliss. Today, I'm going to be doing a quick solo episode. Um, just going to give you guys a little bit of a background, let you guys get to know your host, um, kind of tell you guys about my Raptors fandom and how I became the Raptors fan that I am today and, and how I started podcasting and what got me interested in, in, into it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought it would be a fun little exercise for me to do for myself. I've been trying to do a lot of reflecting over this, these past few weeks, being kind of you know self-quarantined and isolating and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I thought you know I might as well throw on a mic and see if I can and record this thing and make it a little bit interesting for you fans. Um, but first of all, before I get into that, I do want to say like make sure all you guys are doing all right. Hope you guys are staying sane, staying safe, staying healthy. You know, trying to get your routines back back together uh, during this really, really really weird and, and awkward and unknown circumstantial time. Um, I know it's it's been a bit difficult for me because, you know, I'm a student, so I'm I'm going to online classes and it's, you know, over Skype, over Zoom and, you know, still trying to get my assignments and essays and exams done. Uh, so it's, it, it is tough. It's weird. I know. I'm sure if you're in the same boat as me, you know, good luck. I'm sure you're feeling the same way. And, you know, if you're you're in the essential businesses or you're a frontline worker of some sort, uh, you know, grocery store, garbage man, in the hospitals, you're a doctor, whatever it might be, a shout out to you. Thank you guys. You guys are doing the, the Lord's work right now. It's it's pretty impressive how you guys are keeping things together for us. Um, but that's it. That, that's kind of all I wanted to say about that just because I know this during this, you know, trying time, we don't really want to have it on our mind at, at, at all costs. And since there's no real updates with the NBA in terms of what's going on with their response to this coronavirus COVID-19 thing. Um, I think I think it's a good idea to, to try to get your minds off it. And, and hopefully some of you guys can relate to my story. Um, I'm, I'm 21. I don't, you know, the audience here, I don't know how much, how many of you guys are, are in the same boat and, and same age group as I am. But I'm sure if you are, your story is relatively similar to mine, especially if you grew up in Toronto like me. So, you know, growing up in Toronto, for me, I... You know, in 1998, I was born, so I'm 21 years old now. Uh, so, like, growing up in the around the 2000s era, I I was a huge Leafs fan, right? Growing up, like when I was really, really young, I was a huge Leafs fan. I could name every player on on the Leafs in their farm system, every coach, whoever held all the records. Um, I played the hockey like ever. You know, I started skating when before it felt like before I could walk. Obviously, I don't think that's true. Um, but I also played hockey. I played baseball. So like those were the those were the sports that I really that I really followed the most. And you know Toronto Maple Leafs, the biggest market in Canada. They were they were pretty good at the time when I was kind of getting into my formidable years of like what I liked. So you know having watching them play playoff hockey and understanding kind of the magnitude of of what they were going through and winning games and watching winning hockey was so fun and. You know, the Jays sucked, but it was the sport that was playing in the summer in Toronto. So I would love, you know, either going to the park there or just watching on TV because I, I, I just love sports as a kid. And, you know, the Raptors were kind of an afterthought in terms of that because, A, I never played basketball and B, the coverage was, was so little. And, like, I always knew who a guy like Vince Carter was because – he was all over Toronto. He was all over the city. Um, you know, people loved him, and and but it wasn't the same as like a Matt Sundin for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
It wasn't the same as what I'd heard about like a Joe Carter or a, a Roberto Alomar for the Blue Jays or even a, a Doc Holliday, right? He was never that that huge, enormous monster guy in the eyes of, of Toronto sports fans. So like I, I never had a real like emotional connection to somebody, but you know, I remember my first memory of, of a Raptors game was like Vince Carter's first game returning back to Toronto. And I, I didn't really understand everything that was going on. I didn't really understand the magnitude. I knew he was traded. I knew there was kind of some bad blood, but I didn't understand like why all these people were booing at the game. Why when they announced him coming into into the game and, and as a starting lineup uh, announcement, why everyone was booing. It's like this guy was the best player in Toronto. I thought they would cheer. I thought they were going to be giving him love, and I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't there reading the blogs that people were posting. I wasn't there really, you know, focusing so much on the features and the stories that that were being told by by a lot of these networks in Toronto uh, about Vince Carter's departure and how how bad it really was. So I went there and and I didn't know what was going on, but everyone was booing. So I thought, well, shit, I I better boo too, right? I'm I'm six seven years old at the time I have to boo this guy there's there's no way that I'm not so I joined in on that and that was like the first time I really felt like a real emotional connection to a team like whenever he had the ball the last thing I wanted him to do was score the last thing I I I wanted to have the ball was Vince Carter because I just knew something was wrong with that guy and and then as I got older I kind of understood and I was like yeah and that was actually a really cool moment to be at and then at around the same time of, of my life, like I went to a, a Raptors game for my birthday. It was like around my birthday. I was born in November, so like it was it was sometime early November kind of thing. And my mom got tickets through work, and we were sitting in a box. And I guess she had told the the person that it was it was around my birthday. Or it was my birthday in, on the weekend or something like that. So the the people who were at the at the box they set something up where they you know how they do at the games like they put up happy birthday to blank, blank, blank. So my name got put up there. I was really excited. And then a few minutes later in another stop of play, the the Raptors dance pack came up and gave me a little gift bag. So like at that age, that's something that you're going to really remember and, and is going to give you an emotional connection to a team. So that's really when I started you know, transitioning to a, a really big Raptors fan. And I, I still wasn't necessarily, still didn't surpass the Leafs or anything like that, but they were on my radar. And I would I would go, and after that, I, I remember, I would wait and wait and wait for the Raptors highlights. I would just need to see what happened in, in the Raptors game and what happened in, in the game against against the team that they played last night. Did you know, did they win? Did they lose? Who had the most points? Who was starting? Who played the most minutes? Who's their coach? So I, I started doing the same thing that I had done with the Leafs and started really getting invested into what the Toronto Raptors were. And in and around that time, like the Raptors weren't this really good team. They weren't even really a mediocre team. They were pretty horrible. They had Chris Bosh, who was, who was a newly drafted player, and he was fantastic. I knew how good he was. He became my favorite player. My first Raptors jersey was a Chris Bosh jersey, and it was really cool to see you know, one of the elite players in the NBA play for the Toronto Raptors. But the Raptors were never good, and that was kind of a tough thing to see, especially when the Leafs had just come off you know, their their really successful run of like eight, nine years with Matt Sundin and making the playoffs every year and getting the second, third round kind of thing and really getting the city of Toronto 
hyped up on on sports and and then the Raptors come on and they just are not very good. They don't they don't play very well and and then all of a sudden they they get the ability to draft a a first overall pick. And so that's where the excitement was coming from. And I think it was the 2006 draft where Bargnani was drafted and that's where I really started like investing myself in into the Raptors because I was like, okay, now they have a first overall draft pick. Maybe this guy is going to be the next, you know, Magic Johnson or or Michael Jordan, like all these guys that I had that I'd heard of, or you know, LeBron James, all these guys that I had known were first overall picks. And frankly, I I knew like nothing about Andrea Bargnani at the time. I had no idea whether he was going to be good. All I knew was that he was the first overall pick, so he had to be a really good player. And hopefully that was going to turn into some success for the Raptors. So I thought, you know, before they drafted him, I was like, yeah, this is my team from now on. This is my team. They draft Andrea Bargnani, and I go to my mom, and I say, hey, mom's like, I need an Andrea Bargnani jersey. I need one. I need it. That's just the thing that I need. He's going to be our, the future of this team. He's Him and Chris Bosh are going to win championships together. I was fired up. I was convinced. Obviously, I was wrong, but I thought. I thought, and that's where it really happened because there was this, there was this newfound excitement to them, and then that year... They end up making the playoffs, 06-07. They end up making the playoffs. They get bounced in the first round, but then the season after, they also make the playoffs. And I'm going, I'm licking my chops, thinking about this team, thinking how they're going to win it all in, in three, four years. This is just the development stage. It didn't happen. But they did have the success during, you know, a time where the, the Leafs were sucking. Like, they were horrible. They were really bad. Um, you know, they were teetering on the edge of the playoffs. They weren't able to get a first overall pick because they would always finish ninth or 10th, 11th, 12th. So like their lottery chances weren't very good. They weren't getting a top five pick. They were staying in the middle, staying mediocre. And it just, it just wasn't a fun time. They would get close. And then last game of the season, they'd rip your heart out in a shootout against the New Jersey Devils. And that's, that's a game I'll always remember. But like going back to the Raptors here, um, during that time of, of the Bargnani and Bosch days when Bargnani was just there, I remember um, a, a moment. This is like one of the moments where I was like really, really hooked on basketball. And this is where like I became an NBA fan. So I was at a Leafs game with my mom and we're in the area where like we're getting concessions and stuff like that. So we're there and, and we're in line waiting for like pizza or something like that. I can't remember what it was. It's like in line for something and the TVs around us are playing like the final few minutes of the Raptors game. And you know, like at Leafs games and at, at Raptors games, like at the Scotiabank arena, the lines, if they're long, they don't necessarily move very fast. So we're watching the last few minutes. I'm just, my eyes are on the Raptors game. It's intermission. And this is the game where Mo Pete hit that ridiculous buzzer beating three pointer against the Washington Wizards. The one where Michael Ruffin throws it up in the air, he catches it, and he basically catches it, throws it in the same motion, and and it goes in. And so with that, I was like, that is the craziest sports play that I've ever seen in my life. So I was hooked. I, I made a stand and watched the rest of the game at you know in the concessions area and in the concourse. I was just there, and I'm like, we have to finish this game. They ended up losing... But that was one of those moments where I was like, man, nothing cooler has ever happened. It's a moment where I, like, I'm always going to remember where I was for that, which is like really cool. And with that, I was 
just like hooked to basketball and then hooked like that. If that could happen in basketball to the Raptors who weren't very good, but you know, I was excited about, then this could happen a bunch of times in, in the rest of the league. So then after that, I just remember just watching a lot of highlights and watching, you know, a whole lot of just basketball stuff. And every time the, the sports center TSN, uh, their stuff came on, I would always look for the, the basketball highlights. I'd always wait, watch every second of the basketball highlights, which were usually at the end of the show and not as long. But then I, you know, then there was the court surfing days on the score here in Toronto. I'd watch every single, every single minute of that too, just because, you know, if, if this could happen to the Raptors, there's got to be other better plays. And then that's when I started brushing myself up on Raptors history. That's when I started learning about how good Vince Carter actually was and understanding why my moment there for that first game that I remember of booing Vince Carter, why it happened. And then I was like, oh my God, so basketball fans are, are really like that. Like I've never experienced that in any other game. I've never had that emotional fortitude and, 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 you know, putting myself with a whole bunch of other people than that moment up until that point. And, and I've had that a lot of times more at, at Raptors games and just never the same at Leafs games. And so when I was younger, going to games was always so fun, right? Like you're eight, nine, 10 years old. Games are so fun, no matter where you are. But Raptors games are on a whole nother level. So when, when you're going to these Raptor games, when they're the small market in the league, they're the relatively new team in the league, and they're the, they're the bad team and the little baby brother in Toronto, I was able to go to a decent amount of games as, as a kid because tickets weren't that expensive. My mom, uh, fortunate enough to, to get tickets through work and stuff like that, so we were able to, to go to games. And I always thought wholeheartedly that Raptors games were more fun. You know, the in-game entertainment was fun. The music, while they're playing, was so cool. The fans were way better, more excited. And then there's the the fact that there's just so much scoring and so much stuff going on all the time that it's just an environment that a young kid who, who likes sports wants to be in. It seemed like there was a highlight every single game, some sort of thing like that. It was just awesome. It was a lot of fun. So when I would decide, like, which games I wanted to go to, I started choosing more Raptors over Leafs, which was kind of sacrilegious for a little white kid growing up in in the Toronto area. But it truly was more fun. Then, you know, over those years where where they kind of sucked, I I was still a fan. I still loved watching the Raptors. Um, It just, you know, wasn't the same feeling because they weren't doing as well. But also at the same time, the Leafs weren't doing as well. The Jays weren't really doing as well. So when they were competing for like my fandom, and I know they don't really care about just one kid in, in the beaches, Toronto, like they don't really care about that. But when they were competing for the fandom, I was always gravitating towards the Raptors because there was the entertainment value. There was the, the nice dunk almost every single game. There was a cool three pointer, a cool pass, um, something like that, that would, that would come out and really be exciting to watch whereas like in hockey if your team sucks chances are you're not going to have a really nice goal they're all going to be garbage goals there's going to be fights there's going to be all that kind of stuff and that was entertaining to me as well but it wasn't on the same level so then when the DeRozan and Lowry era kind of came together and started to have their success with you know making the playoffs again for the first time and and the whole like fuck Brooklyn thing with Masai Ujiri that just pulled me in even more. And I gravitated towards that because it was something I'd never seen before. You're 
Like you're telling me our president of basketball and our and our GM is coming out and and cussing out this whole team, this whole organization. I'm all for it. I'm all here for it. And I remember the first time that they did make the playoffs, I was I was coming down and we were coming back from my cottage and we were driving home and my mom and I we were listening to the game on the radio. The Raptors are it, it's in a tight game. It's a it's an exciting game that's happening. We could tell from the announcers, we could tell we could hear the crowd, all that kind of stuff. So what we did was we pulled over, we got our phones and we watched the rest of the game. It was like the last 5 minutes but it took whatever it was, 30, 30 minutes, 15, I don't, can't even remember. It took so long, and I was just so excited watching it. And then Paul Pierce blocks Kyle Lowry's floater, and I was just absolutely heartbroken. I was heartbroken. But once again, there's that emotional connection that I never had. I never felt that way about a, a team losing in the first round. I'd never been so upset. I'd never been so connected to a, a team and to a to a franchise. So that's where they, they really, really hooked me was that exciting final game, the exciting final minutes of that 2014 season. And that was just another thing that just pulled me in even further. And it pulled me in. And this was to go along with, with all the things that were making them an exciting team. They were becoming the coolest team in Toronto, the most successful team in Toronto. When when A, you're winning, and B, you're you're combining that with being a a cool and hip team for a younger kid like me who was you know 12, 13 years old at the time. That's who you're going to gravitate towards, right? A, they 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 were the best team. B, they were cooler. The We the North, the Drake, all the highlights that were coming out of this young Toronto Raptors team with. You know, the DeRozan dunks, the Terrence Ross highlights, the Kyle Lowry just being a really good point guard. You were hearing all these things that that were coming through and you were watching all these things and the highlights and you were seeing how they handled themselves and how they were marketed and and how different it was from what you are used to as a Toronto sports fan because there's such a cookie cutter type of of advertising and marketing that comes with the Toronto Maple Leafs because of the size of the market and there's the Blue Jays same thing and so when you put that together and combine it with like a relatively successful franchise compared to what they are used to you get the perfect combo for a 14 15 year old which is what I was at the time of that Brooklyn Nets series and so when they come in and and the Raptors perform well and they take it to seven games and this is the team that's supposed to be the best team right with with the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett even though now when we look back we know they got kind of shafted on that trade but this was supposed to be a really good team and and the Raptors took them to seven and it went down to the last shot basically and it should have been a foul but it wasn't and when all that stuff comes together you get something that is really exciting for kids around my age and so at this point I'm already hooked to to the Raptors and I'm I'm already super fired up about the team and now all my friends are starting to to become Raptors fans and basketball fans and I'm kind of I'm talking to them at lunch about it or at you know at, at in class and all that kind of stuff and we're talking and we're shooting the breeze about the Raptors now rather than about hockey in the NHL and that's really where everything changed because 
once my friends started talking about it and once my friends started getting into it, involved with me in it, my fandom just shot through the roof because in arguments and in discussions, I wanted to make sure that I was ready and I knew I knew the stats and I knew who I was going to argue for and I knew who I was going to talk to these guys about. So I had to know and I had to keep up with all them and with all that. So that all together, the combination of them being good, the the coolness aspect of it, the interesting part of, of Drake joining them and, and the highlights, that all combined came together to create like what my peak fandom has become and that's that is where my peak fandom really started was that that net series and then you see them making into the playoffs again the next year and and you're seeing DeRozan really developing into this all-star caliber player and now Kyle Lowry's turning into an all-star caliber player and then they pick up Jonas Valanciunas and he looks like he's really good and they're making all these trades and these signings and you think that this team is is legit and they're going to be legit they start winning 50 games a year and then this is where everything really turns for me, right? Like they win 50 games and you start hearing all that. And it's like, oh my God, the Raptors, the Raptors are unbelievable. This is such a good team. And I was hooked at that point, but that's where like my real, 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 real fandom really came all together because I loved the team before that, but they had never had any real success. So I couldn't put my name towards being like, yeah, I was there during that, that playoff series. But now here I am, I told you that Brooklyn Nets story of, of the game when I was in the car and stopped and pulled over, that was the, the, the first story that I had. And I could tell friends like, oh my God, dude, like we were driving home from the cottage and this is what happened. And that was fun. And then as, as the years went on and, and as the team was getting better, like my friends started to get more into it and my friends started to get more interested. And that was what really put me over the top because then I was going and, and, and trying to have these arguments ready and when we would talk at lunch when we would talk in class have to follow it and have to be up to date with everything that's going on because you want to be able to talk you want to be able to shoot the breeze about the Toronto Raptors you want to be able to shoot the breeze about the NBA especially if that's what I was following the most rather than them having to talk about the Leafs we were now talking about the Toronto Raptors and so once like my friends came into it that's when I really started to say man this is dope like this is cool we're we've got this all together now so then from there, we became just like huge Raptors fans. And now all my friends are big Raptors fans. And that made it even more special than than what it was, right? So we had all this stuff to talk about. And that was really fun. And then they, they keep succeeding. They keep making the playoffs. And so now my friends, their their basketball fandom is growing and growing. And, and they're learning about the history of the Raptors. And they're learning about the history of the NBA. And, and now we can have discussions about, you know, top 10 all-time lists and best teams ever and and all this stuff that we can now talk about has really even put my love for the game even further and further and further down into what it has become now and so that's really where like my peak fandom for not just the Toronto Raptors but like the NBA came into it I was always a fan I was always a fan of the Raptors and I always like enjoyed the NBA but I never I never had loved it as much as I did during those early you know, DeMar and Lowry eras. And now I'm at a moment where it's, I, I, it's, it consumes me. I'm so, I'm so loving of it. And there's some moments that really have like made that pop for me. And especially over the past few years where I'm now creating these memories with like my best friends to whether we're at, at a bar watching every single Raptors game in, in the playoffs over the past few years, or, you know, me and my buddy went to Cleveland in uh in the 16 17 series when you know 
LeBron basically just walked all over the Raptors. And so we went there and it was one of the most fun experience that I've had being in another stadium, pretty much being the only ones wearing Raptors gear, watching one of the best players of all time, if not the best player of all time, just dominate your favorite team and, and watching DeRozan struggle a little bit and Lowry. And that's kind of what I felt like, you know, watching those series as a whole and, and especially like being there is like, oh my God, like this is gut wrenching. Like my heart is breaking in front of me while I'm at this game and I'm supposed to be having the most fun. And I think that's, that's really something that that fandom can bring to you, right? It, it brings you these really great experiences. And, and luckily as Raptors fans, we've had some really great experiences over the past few years of, of a lot of success and, and a lot of winning and whatnot. And then, you know, in, in the Wizards series in 17-18, me and my buddy, we went to a, a playoff game. And I've, we've made that a, a goal of ours over the past few years, especially since uh, we've become legal drinking age. We've, we've made sure that we're able to watch every single Raptors playoff game together. You know, whether it's going to a bar or going to someone's house or, or if it's FaceTime or Zoom or, or Google Hangouts, whatever it is. We always make sure we can watch the game together and enjoy it, have a couple drinks, talk hoops, talk whatever we want while the game's going on, and just really like enjoying the moment and enjoying what the Raptors do mean to us as a whole and, and how it's really, I think, brought us closer together because now we have not necessarily a reason to hang out, but now it forces us to go out, and, and even if you know we're a little lazy, oh, Raptors game three is on tonight. We got to come out. You got to come out and say hi. You got to come out and and do this. So that's that's a really important thing for for me and like my relationships with some of my best friends. Like it it not that it's all around the Raptors, but the Raptors have have helped grow it so 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 much. And um, like I mentioned, like I try to go. I I went to Cleveland that one time. I you know we try to go to at least one playoff game every single year. Last year I was lucky enough. I went to um, four, four playoff games, but you know, in years past it was one or two. And, you know, we just make sure every single year we get to at least one playoff game. Uh, I was at the game where DeRozan set the, set the Raptors record for points in a playoff game. And that was one of the most exciting playoff games that I've ever been to. I was at, you know, the game seven Philly series, which obviously we know how that ended and how, how exciting that was for people in attendance, people watching, people around the whole NBA community have reacted to that. And I will say that was, you know, the one of the coolest moments of my life uh, as like I've, I've really hit my peak Raptors fandom. I was there and I was at game five where everyone did the, the airplane. I know in my section, uh, you know, when Embiid kind of, when everyone started doing the airplane at Embiid, I know that me and my buddy were the first ones to kind of get up and start doing it with us. I like to say that we were the ones who started it in the arena. I don't think that was true. Um, but you know what? Like Raptors fandom has has really come full circle, especially from when I started be- being a Raptors fan. They they were the one of the worst teams in the league. And like I said, when I really got first excited was because they were getting the first overall pick. And then obviously they capped off last season with their first NBA championship. And that was so fun because at the time I was, I was interning at Sportsnet and I was, um, you know, I was really talking to the people who, who were on their production side, who really loved basketball. And, and I was really able to kind of like hone my craft and hone down into, into some basketball conversations with these guys. And that was a really fun thing to do. And, and obviously like since then, uh, I've, I've started podcasting here about the Raptors and just because frankly, I, I, I love the Raptors and I love doing it. And I love, 
just being able to talk hoops and, and talk about my favorite team because it, it, it does give me solace and it does kind of provide me with, with opportunity to meet other people who are, who are very like-minded in, in the terms of, you know, loving the Raptors and loving basketball as a whole. So it's a lot of fun. So yeah, like that's uh that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, I I've had a lot of really cool experience with the Raptors. Like I mentioned, Game Seven, of of that of of the Philly series, and then I went to you know Game One of the Finals, uh, this this past year, and then you know even just just watching them as a whole and and going to the parade and and you know partying out on the street till six seven in the morning the night that they won. Um, like it's just, it's just crazy. Like I, I never thought in my wildest dreams, like when I was growing up around like 10, 11, 12, even like, even during like the Lowry DeRozan era, like I never thought that a, that like my favorite basketball team or my favorite team that I follow would ever win a championship, but like that any of my teams would win championships because it had, it was kind of so surreal that any Toronto based team could ever have like a long sustained amount of success. And when the Raptors started doing that, it was it was success, but it wasn't like true contending and, and true like successful straight up winning and straight up like finals contenders year after year and stuff like that. They were just kind of they were good. They were getting, you know, first, second seeds, but really after, you know, having to face LeBron a bunch of times, you just kind of thought that that it was over and then and then Kawhi comes and they make that unbelievable trade and at first I was kind of I was I will say I was kind of shook by it and I wasn't really happy with it because um people were coming out and saying he's not even going to play and I was like I just all my emotions were going because my favorite player my favorite athlete at the time was basically gone right like he was he wasn't on my favorite team anymore so I was I was heartbroken by that but I do realize now and I did realize basically 30 minutes after the fact that I was angry, um, how, how wrong I was and how stupid it was for me to think that because, you know, I just didn't, I still like, I didn't think that the Raptors were going to be able to win the championship. So I thought, you know, we might as well just stay winning 50 games and have one of the, you know, top 20, 25 players in the league offensively on our team. You know, he'll have a, a few real nice dunks every year. He'll have a 360 layup. He'll have a game winner or two. He, he he tends to add something new to his game every single year. And I was hoping, you know, this could be this could be a, a good run. This could be a ten year run where the Raptors win, you know, almost fifty games a year for, for ten straight. And that's that's kind of where I thought we were going wrong. And and you know, after Kawhi was gonna leave after one year, we weren't gonna get a championship or whatever. Um I was upset, but I was still gonna ride with them through and through. And now, you know, to this day I'm I'm watching every single Raptors game and and you know I'm texting friends about the Raptors every day and now obviously I'm podcasting about it I'm writing about it um and uh, you know this isn't this isn't a full-time thing but eventually hopefully that's kind of where I can get to um so that's kind of like my story I I probably missed out on a few things here and there but those were kind of like the main points that really brought me in and brought me around to be such a a huge Raptors fan and you know obviously like the big things that I that I mentioned were early on I was a big Leafs fan and then they started to suck and and there wasn't too much excitement around them and then finally you know Chris Bosh is one of the best players in the league and he's on our team and and Bargnani comes up and there were just some moments in my life where I was able to experience some really cool things surrounding the Raptors like my birthday 
at the game and you know the Mo Pete buzzer beater and 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 then they started to become this good team uh for a couple of years and and then the excitement was still strong around them and and then here we are right we we went through the Larry DeRozan area which was you know my peak Raptors fandom I was there for I was there for all of that I, I was there for the whole Kawhi run um so in reality I wouldn't say that I I've been a fan for you know, a super long time or, or anything like that, but I have been a diehard and I am one of the biggest fans that there are and, and I will continue to be for, for the rest of my life. So that's that's kind of my story. Um, that's kind of what it is. I'm sure a lot of people uh, around my age, like I said, I'm 21, are probably feeling the same way and I'm sure a lot of people who are, who are even older um, are probably feeling the same way about the Raptors. So if, if you guys want, you can share your stories with me. You can send me a, a DM or you can tweet at me, all that kind of stuff, uh, at H underscore Surplus on, on Twitter. It'll be in the in the bio of this podcast. And I'll, as always, make sure to check out RaptorsRapture.com. Daily news, daily stuff coming out from, from our content creators out there who are doing some really great things, uh, trying to keep you guys busy and, and keep you guys reading and keep you guys up to date on the, on some Raptors content. Always go there and, and at Raptors Rapture on Twitter. Make sure to give us a follow. Make sure to follow me. Uh, make sure to spread some love throughout this time, guys. If you guys are doing well, make sure everyone else around you is doing well during this tough and, and weird time. So once again, I'm going to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys check us out. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, as I like to end every single show, despite there being no basketball to kind of cheer for, I like to give a little go Raptors. So, so go Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.